Welcome to the Industrial Talk Podcast with Scott McKenzie. Scott is a passionate industry professional dedicated to transferring cutting-edge, industry-focused innovations and trends while highlighting the men and women who keep the world moving. So put on your hard hat, grab your work boots, and let's go. All right, greetings and salutations. Thank you very much for joining Industrial Talk. This platform right here is the number one industrial-related podcast in the universe that celebrates industry professionals all around the world. You are bold, brave, you dare greatly, you innovate, you solve problems, and therefore you are making the world a better place. We have a continuing conversation with a gentleman by the name of Kevin Price. Hexagon is the company, specifically Hexagon Asset Lifecycle Intelligence. It's a mouthful, but we just have a continuation of all of the conversations that we've had with Kevin here on Industrial Talk. Let's get cracking. He never disappoints. Paper and pencil time. Never disappoints. Kevin's great. Good friend. Massive. Massive. Asset management. Street cred. He's he's amazing. All right, go out to Industrial Talk. We have a ton of content out there. Ton of information. A ton of um, solutions to help you succeed. Of course, we have the uh, interviews of all of the wonderful professionals that are, you know, solving problems. That's, that's one. You have to be about education. You have to be about the, the world of collaboration. Find these Sherpas. Find these individuals. And that's what Industrial Talk is all about. Also, finally, it's an innovation game. It's, it's the technology. It's all of the stuff that's being put forth, and it's at a blistering pace. You need to keep current with all of that information as well. Um, it's an exciting time to be in industry. And, of course, I'm, I'm all giddy with it just because I get to live uh, the dream of constantly, constantly learning, constantly educating. It's exciting. I love it. Uh, we also have webcasts. If you want to be on a webcast, you just got to let me know. And... Um, these are on-demand webcasts, but they dive deeper into solving problems, the solutions, uh, same sort of format, very conversational. Uh, but, you know, you want to be on one, you just got to let me know. It's easy peasy. It's just me. And then finally, we have a learning management system out there. We have the Industrial Academy. And I dive deep primarily into marketing and sales from for industry. Um, what are the tools and techniques I use? What are the tools and techniques uh, other companies use? Uh, it is a great resource. And of course, you get to rewatch it and do it again. The next one that I'm going to be launching uh, is in the marketing segment. Of course, we have the leadership, but the marketing side is uh, Google Ads. But you get to follow my journey onto Google Ads and and opening doors that way. So that's all out on Industrial Talk. All right, let's get on with the conversation. Kevin Price is in the house. And uh, I highly recommend that you grab a paper and pencil and then, you know, hit the pause button, rewind, do whatever is necessary to consume this information. They're doing mad stuff at Hexagon, and it's exciting. It's exciting to see how far they've just... It's, I, I, again, look, listen to me. I, I'm stuttering and all giddy about it. Uh, there's just so much happening in the world of Hexagon, 
in the world of industry and how they're taking all this innovation and this technology to better uh, companies, to help them succeed. It's an exciting time. I, I, I always get excited, as you can tell. All right, let's get cracking with the conversation. Here's Kevin. Kevin Price, welcome back to Industrial Talk. Always a pleasure to have you on the number one industrial-related podcast in the universe. How you doing? Doing great, man. Great to be here, as always. Pretty good. Looking forward to our chat. How's, how's Clemson? Clemson is outstanding. The only thing that really matters at the end of the year is not being in the playoffs. It's not beating the, the wrong Tigers. Oh. It's going out to, to beat South Carolina Gamecocks. <laughs> and when you can do that... That's the only thing that really matters in this state. <laughs> one in ten, or whatever the record would be, as long as that one win is is the uh, game it's special. Yeah, that goes with. That's pretty much every team. They always have that one rivalry. That's oh, yeah. that was that was a big game too. That was good. It was. It was down in Columbia, and it was at night. So those are always kind of rowdy outside the stadium and within it. It was All good. Right. Hey, do you think uh, what's his name is going to uh, the LSU quarterback going to? Take the uh, Heisman? Oh, <laughs> you never know. You never know. It depends on, on – well, I mean, SEC the money is pretty good. The stats are off the charts. LSU, LSU pays people pretty well, I hear. So that that you never know. <laughs> Jab. <laughs> Jab. Got me. Yeah. <laughs> Snuck that one in big time. I try. You know, if you, did, if you didn't have the problems counting and have to label every five yards, there'd be a different issue. I mean, we just we, – we can count. Oh. We do it every 10. Instead of every five. Yeah, we're all about the math. <laughs> hey, now for the listeners out there, let's talk a little bit about EA Emelin. Again, we've also had that conversation a number of times, but I'm more intrigued with um, the hexagon, the infusion of all that innovation, that technology. Where do we stand with uh, the the current EAM and, and just, just – the expanding of offers that that can exist. Can you sort of take us through that? Yeah, um, and there's fortunately a lot. Um, let me break that down for you. So <laughs> I'll try. Yeah. So the first line of code, as you know, goes goes all the way back to 1986, um, and it does quite a bit, and that has over time. And that was one of the main reasons um, that we we hold the position that we do for enterprise asset management, but. This uh, November, this month, we released out uh, version 12.1. And 12.1, what it represents is um, a release that happens once a year. Um, we call it a primary release. And when we do that, um, we're releasing not only for the cloud like we do twice a year, but we also release to on-premise. So we kind of release um, the cloud twice. And then at that second time, we pull up the on-premise release as well, and we put that out. So not only do our cloud customers get it like they would normally do without any type of update, they do it. We do it for them, Magical. but our customers can do it. And in this particular release, there's been some really cool stuff. Um, we did some more work on mobile. Um, our mobile approach is a little bit different than what you'll see in other places, and that's because we think that mobile should just be a natural extension of EAM. It shouldn't necessarily be a third-party solution or something you have to write. So as you start to do things like security or workflow or work streams or document sharing, it should just naturally go through and you shouldn't have to rewrite any of that and you shouldn't have to think about it really. So we do that in our apps. Um, we have a built through, so we did a lot of work there. Um, another thing that we built in is we're seeing more and more uh, with our customers that want to build out more modeling around artificial intelligence. 
Um, uh, and we have solutions out there for it uh, called Constraint Optimizer. And Constraint Optimizer is a, is a tool that we've recently put out and patented uh, within the past year or so and allows us to be able to get into the fun things, uh, at least that you and I would find fun, around um, things around industrial methodologies for maintenance. So we're looking at failure analysis. We're looking at Weibull, Laplace, Mercado, uh, all those types of tools that you have to go out and build out. And sometimes it's okay to run that with an EAM, uh, but sometimes you need a lot more horsepower. Um, so you want to be able to process that with very large data sets. And we do that with this constraint optimizer tool, but we also do other things um, like normalizing workforce, load balancing, and we do quite a bit of other things that are built around that. So how does that work where I have I have my EAM, my, mm -hmm. you know, the system of record and it's it's collecting all the data. So you just sort of take the data set that you're interested in, go back, I'm going to, whatever the period of time, load it into the constraint optimizer. That's right. And then run whatever scenarios or whatever. Is that how it works? It does. And there's some pre-built ones that we do. Uh, pre-built logarithms is what they are. Wow. And there's some pre-built ones that we do for methodologies, like I was mentioning. So Weibull, Laplace, FMICA, um, Mercado, those types of things. But we also have the option to be able to write your own. Um, so you can use the, use Python scripts. Um, in the in the market, you'll find, especially when graduates come out of school, they're for, more familiar with Python. Yeah. Um, and it's also easier language to write. Uh, it's not as verbose. There's a lot more things you could do with it. You can also pull from other data sets that may not be AM to process this information. Uh, but then when you find whatever that algorithm result is, then it needs to be contextualized and brought back into EAM so that you have a remediation event. You can then do a new work order. You can do an update to a work order. You can update to a piece of equipment. You can update a due date. You can modify preventive maintenance frequency. Do something with that data. The idea is you should be able to use the power of that technology and that platform and the power of the web to pull this information and process it. And you shouldn't worry about running that locally. Um, because it can take up some power, CPU power for doing so. So what we did is uh, we developed out a patented tool to be able to pull it out. And we call it Constraint Optimizer because it does just that. It optimizes the constraints that you feed it, um, which is the very basis for what artificial intelligence is built on. And you you pointed out that I could pull in other uh, data sets from various other systems, whatever that might be, and be able to 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 analyze that in context with all the other data you can and, and an example would be um weather conditions um if you have a fleet that goes there out go. or if you have guys that go out in a in a hurricane event as you and i live in the south we know what yeah. that's all about uh before the hurricane during the hurricane and after the hurricane um you need to understand what those weather conditions are so that you can be able to understand how to how to move your fleet around or how to be able to move your crews together and how to build that through. Um, that's just one example of a data set, but there could be other data sets that you may pull from that could be OEM related. Um, they could be existing expectations of what a sensor should be, but this is what you're finding and you can pair them back and forth. But you bring up an interesting point about AI because that's, of course, everybody's an AI expert now as a result of chat GPT. So I'm just drawing upon my stay at Holiday Inn. Uh, <laughs> but there's just the beginning of, 
the AI revolution when it comes to managing assets and conditions and all of that stuff. So is um, Hexagon trying to sort of be that leader in that, in that whatever AI world? Well, yes and no, in my opinion. Um, the reason why I'm saying yes is because it's absolutely critical for us to be able to have um, access to AI capabilities. And we do, we already do actually in, in very different divisions. Um, but no, in the sense that um, by definition, we're an automation company that uses our AI to automate our processes. We're not an AI company. Um, so what we want to be able to do is be the experts in our target markets and our target verticals and what we do. So doing AI for us is to an extent of within our product platforms like EAM to constraint optimizer, but we also have other divisions and other solutions like Exalt that can pull this information as a service. So you can be able to subscribe to it from EAM to have it process and have it get a response and then send it back to EAM. So it's a great thing because when we were looking at the acquisition, as an example, if you remember, I was excited about this because it brought a new engineering grade level of capability. And it wasn't just business office type of stuff. And this is a perfect example of that. I can take elements from an engineering perspective and I can apply artificial intelligence on top of them from an engineering perspective and be able to do something with that data set. It's not just going to some black hole that's retrofitted to try and do an industrial thing. It's something that's built upon the needs, the issues, and the things that we're trying to build out in our challenges. Does that make sense? Makes sense for me. <laughs> I, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I just, it, it's just an interesting time because I, I, I get me, I get overwhelmed by all of the changes that are happening, and and I get overwhelmed by what are my my steps? Where do I need to go? What what are the next things that I do that I need to do to make my business better. And mm -hmm. it's just as I get inundated, I mean, the World Wide Web is is horrible at this because you just you just get overwhelmed with a tsunami of options, right? And how how do how do I come to Hexagon or or Kevin Price and say, I need help, but I need help in such a way that I hear all this stuff. Where do I go? What do I well, do? That's, I'm confused. That's, I think, our opportunity, right? Our opportunity to help you, to help our markets, to uniquely position ourselves is to be able to understand how to use this technology to yeah. give you an optimization experience, to give you a way to be able to be competitively available, to give you a way to be able to solve a problem, to reduce a risk, to be able to understand. And I think that's where we look at the challenges that we can be able to go after for your vertical. As an example, Let's just look at some of the things we built into the core of the application and then how that scales into the AI world. So one of the things we released it into 12.1 was something called dynamic checklists. And the dynamic checklist, what it does is we've always had checklists and we've built in ways to say if you select um, this particular checklist item and your value for that checklist item is Y, then here's the next thing that you should do. But they weren't dynamic. And what I mean by that is if, if you select this one and this one and this one, and they have different variables and it drives you to a different 
uh, different directions, kind of like what risk-based inspections would be. So what we had to do in the past is we had to build out very workflow intensive types of things that we use in our, in our system called Flex SQL to be able to identify a value, but it was very rigid and then what it can do. And it was very intensive in terms of having to maintain it. Um, it wasn't custom, but it was, it was, it was a little bit more difficult. So what we did is we added dynamic checklist. So I have a list of a hundred things that I check. And if I find on an, on an asset, on a motor, on an asset could be a hundred different things that I check. Um, and if I find on the, on the, on the second one, this particular value that a hundred lists now turns into 20. And if I find the next value that that next check goes, it just drives me to not have to go through that whole process. So instead of managing by process, I'm managing by the exceptions that matter to me. And I build that into the workflow that I have. And we've done that to the dynamic checklist capability of what we had in this release. And that's just around EAM. Now, let's scale it into AI. What if I took that data and I identify the selection points as constraints and I push them to the cloud in large data sets? So monitors, sensors, vibration, heat. There could be a whole lot of different things that I would normally check with um, on a checklist, but maybe I'm feeding all this information through sensors that go through. I can't make sense of all that information. It's just a lot. There's a lot of inter intermittent sensor moments. There's just a bunch of stuff. So if I were to send those to the cloud and use intelligence on making a decision when those data sets made sense and then brought me to a place I wanted to be, that'd be great. So instead of doing it one by one, I can actually feed it to the cloud. I can use artificial intelligence to understand when it, when the heat is this and vibration is this, age is this, and there's even a sound that makes sense, then I can be able to have a specific action to do. How do you normalize that data to uh, reflect, oh. let's say, regional and all of that? I mean, it's Good still question. as you – go ahead. How do you do uh, that? That's a great question. <laughs> that's a great question, <laughs> and I think that's, again, the opportunity. Um, so for us, normalizing that data is tough. Um, you need the experience that's there. You need the, the person that's got the whiskers, that's got the gray hair like you and I, that's built in to be able to structure it in a good way, uh, to be able to make, make those decisions possible. And then you got to be able to have a system that can go out and grab all that data and then find that anomaly. And we do that through Constraint Optimizer that's built in. Um, that's helpful and it, and it works. But I just, as we as we get more data from sensors, as we get more reactions from work processes as we get more manual inspections that are built in just like you're saying it's a tsunami of information um you got to make sense of it in some way and we can structure those based on history based on experience and institutionalize those in terms of those constraints so if i know that there's a pitch going on in an engine and there's a vibration in the heat and the time maybe i know what's going on so as we take that same scenario and start pulling on the thread a little bit, I have a pump, XYZ pump. It's in right. the south, and it's hot. And then I have that same XYZ pump in the north where it's a little cooler or whatever less. Different different patterns. And then I have uh, information that is OEM-specific about XYZ pump. Right. And to be able to pull that all together so that me, I'm having a hard time finding – uh, the proper technician, whatever it might be, I'm looking for something that gives me true clarity into the health of that asset and, and the condition of that asset 
specific to that area. It might run yep. a little hot here, and, and that's okay, right? Yeah, and it could and, be the operator that's messing with it. It could also be humidity, right? Because yeah. you mentioned temperature as one, but what if yeah. I run it in, in Barstow? Or what if I run it in <laughs> other areas? Um, yeah. But, I mean, if I do that, the, the humidity is greatly different, right? So, I mean, there also could be an area of the world that is difficult to get supplies to. It could be difficult oh. to get people to. Um, so if I know I'm running this asset and I'm running it all things being equal based on the heat condition, the equipment, all those other things, I know it's going to fail. Odds are with it, if it runs the way it's going to run, it could fail within the next four or five days, but I can't get a technician in here until two weeks. Well, maybe you should go ahead and do a, do a breakdown, do a replacement now. Um, that could be interesting. That could be a good way to be able to make a decision. Is it's not necessarily unconditioned, but it may be unavailable resources. Uh, and you're pulling in all that information. Yeah. Th that's I mean, you have dynamic, lead time. Guys. Yeah, it is. We have lead time that's there for the parts. We have experience that we can identify based on the contractors that worked on it. I can be able to have ratings for them. So it's another constraint. It's just another variable that I have in that mix of how I manage, when I manage, and to what extent. How do you get to the point where? I mean, it seems like you could tweak all day long on these yeah. constraints. You can tweak and then tweak yeah. some more. And that's what these data uh, analysts, it's like it's like an artist, right? When do you pull away? When do you say, yes, there it is <laughs> in all its glory, ready to go? So, uh, How do I you did, do that? I don't know. I, I did a webinar a few years back um, with a guy named Bob Zemmer from uh, PepsiCo Frito-Lay. It's probably still floating around somewhere, but um, he pulled from trucks and those things in, in the webinar, you'll find it. He, um, he he pulled from telemetry systems and modern telemetry systems on trucks can monitor a lot of stuff, um, not just about the engine, but about components on the trailer, put components that are on the driver, everything. And his his worldview on, on that problem was... I don't know whether or not I'll need it. Just throw it in the data lake and then we'll figure it out later. Um, okay. So you just want to continue. Yeah, just take it, dump it in the data lake, and then we'll figure it out later. And he would get folks that were from OEMs. He would even get folks that were in local schools um, to look at the data and figure it out. He would have folks that were uh, engineering groups and firms that were dedicated to it, um, to finding stuff. So to your point, you can start going and finding all kinds of stuff, really. And, I mean, it, the question is when, uh, when it matters, when it doesn't. Um, and when to, when, I don't think you ever stop, but when you stop to say, okay, this is enough, I think it's all based on the risk. It's just like we always look at an asset management is we have all these assets. Um, which ones carry the most risk and why? And if they break yeah. down, are they the most important? It gets back to those fundamentals still. And is this worthwhile to monitor at this level? Am I getting the right kickback from it? Am I getting the right optimization from it? It's a really an industrial. Yeah, let's let's take a plane. I want I want all the data in the world being analyzed on a plane. Sure, <laughs> I do. Why not? Yeah, and and because the risk is pretty substantial, and and I I, I failure is not an option. Not an option at all. Not an you option know. at all. I mean, that's you have trip. You know, typical trip. Triplication redundancy. I'm picking that out of of how assets are managed and how data is identified in it's a lot of a lot of those types of of aircraft uh, for that reason. But I mean, if a light goes, if a light bulb goes out 
in the lobby? Do you really need to monitor the electrical yeah. system because of yeah. that? I mean, that's that's the fundamentals. I realize that that we know from asset management is you want to you can monitor that electrical system just as easy. You can monitor all kind of stuff. You can put phase imbalances. You can be able to look at the the the, the frequency at which those light bulbs fail. You can look at how often when to shut it down. There's a lot of things to do, but is it worth it? Um, it may but then be. again, yeah, it, you just again you don't know. I mean, it requires. <laughs> conversations like this to say yeah that's pretty important that's something new i didn't know about well, that and then we, go ahead we always go and say um uh, if something breaks what happens um what happens if something breaks and the ceo calls you so as an example um if you're again a, a, a light bulb breaks it's okay if it's in your lobby what if it's the light bulb above a uh, texas hold'em tournament no, that's a, that's a bigger thing. Or what if it's a light bulb in the surgery room um, before you come in? Or whether what if it's the HVAC filter in in the surgery room and it comes out as you're going in, you're seeing lint come out of the the vent. That's the last thing you want to see. Yeah. So I mean, it may be the easiest piece of equipment, but it just goes back to the basics of if something breaks and alerts the CEO, what piece of equipment is that? I think that's where you start. Yeah, but that CEO wants his AC. Or hurry. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. It's his chair that matters the most, right? <laughs> all of a sudden, it's a high priority <laughs> asset. Yeah. Like, I'll make sure that thing rocks. I'll make yeah. sure the rollers yeah. work fine. Yeah, it's yeah, squeaking. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. yeah that's true. No, that's, true. that's a little off. That's yeah, no. sad. She's just going to have to wait. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's not something you want to advertise making that decision as an asset manager. You won't have that life for long. <laughs> It's true. Yeah, that's a that's a balance. That's yeah. a, no, oh, that we, that, that we actually did that though uh, one time in, in the workflow prioritization. So there was criticality, there was emergency, there was all this other stuff, and then the customer was like, "Well, if the GM calls, it's like it, everything drops." So we added another criticality just for that person. Whenever that person called in, <laughs> we put it through. But then that that's talks about point. education. That GM yes. should have the 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 wherewithal to understand that. Um, they're not that important. They're important, but not that important yeah. to the operations of of the the organization. That's true. Very true. Okay. Well, there we go. We just solved that problem, and we can, <laughs> we Done. we definitely yeah. whipped that horse into shape. <laughs> what else is going on with uh, EAM? Well, the other things uh, we talked about the the release. We talked about um, some of the major components, and then other things are more synergies. Um, so. One of the advantages that we had during the during the process of coming over here was all the other solutions and how do we do integrations to them and how do we build them out? And that's what we defined as a synergy. Um, synergies for us uh, are not only within our division of asset lifecycle intelligence. Um, we call those cross segments because there's different operational segment solutions out there, project solutions, design solutions, um, cybersecurity solutions, operational solutions, all that kind of stuff. But then there's also cross-divisional. Um, so I mentioned Exalt earlier. That's a, a platform technology that's out there that we can integrate to. And what we're doing with each release is we're adding new synergies um, that are extending out to these solutions so that we have built integrations. Um, How do you, who's, who's responsible for, you know, tooting the horn about new synergies that are happening out there? Because let's say I'm, a, I'm an EAM, I'm a passionate EAM user and then all of a mm -hmm. sudden and i don't know what i'm too busy 
doing my work, right? Of course. How so, do I know? How, how how do I get the latest and greatest? How do you guys so do that? One of the things that um, was written up by both Gardner and ARC was to uh, an asset management recommendation for CIOs was to get in the conversation of your roadmap at your organization, your operational roadmap with your vendors roadmap um, so that we can be able to help educate. And those are things that we do. We do workshops a lot. Um, so we'll have both value engineering services groups and sales groups and pre-sales groups and those types of groups that sit down to say, hey, um, customer XYZ, where, are you, where do you see yourself in two, three years? And, well, we're going to be doing expansion, we're adding a new facility, or we're adding on a new support service, we're doing other things. So that when that happens, um, we can say, hey, we actually have another organization or another division or another solution set that we can bring about. So as an example, um, we have knowledge management is always a big problem in our in our business. And what we mean by that is the 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 steps we talked about inspections earlier. Um, but there's different procedures and, and there's different other types of tools that one has when they go out to do these do these jobs. We have a solution specifically designed for that um, that we that we bought called Accelerator KMS and allows us to be able to maintain from a compliance perspective. Um, what those inspections are and what those procedures are. So when you're when you're breaking down uh, midstream uh, oil and gas valve or you're doing a valve resetting size, you have the right procedure that's built into it. Now that procedure may be applied to uh, a normal inspection, a work order, or other things, but that procedure itself has to live. It has to be maintained. It has to be brought in. So it's a natural integration to what we do. We also do other integrations with project performance tools for asset investment, capital asset planning. And about every six months, we have new synergies um, between the two. So when we look at the verticals that we target in our space, which are asset intensive, um, what we're finding is we can start to offer more audit grade, engineering grade types of things than we ever had before, because we just have a lot more toys here. There's a lot more things that we could do now that we couldn't before. Wow. See, it goes, it just adds, again, I'm looking for somebody to give me direction. I'm looking for that person that said, you know, come on in. I'm yep. already using this, this powerful system. I see all of these integrations that are happening, and I see this constantly changing market landscapes of how I want to be able to operate within it and be competitive and, you know, right. bottom line value. I'm looking for somebody or team of somebody to say, this is where I see your business. This is where we think you need to go for these reasons. Right. Can and I do that our, with Hexagon? We do. We do it with ourselves. Um, we try to do it within our events like Hexagon Live. Uh, we do symposiums. Um, I had to do three in Asia a few weeks back. We did it in Singapore, Korea, and um, Australia. Um, we're, we just did a Hexagon Live in uh, Berlin. Uh, we just did another one in Latin America. So we try to use those events as opportunities. But I still think the bringing in your, your rep and bringing in uh, the value engineering team to sit down with you through a, a, a work stream, through a workshop is the best thing. And that's something yeah. that we don't we don't typically charge for. We typically want to do that because it helps us understand what works in your environment. And we also have... Um, user boards and steering, steering committees and things like that that help us to understand which ones apply to which vertical. But I just think the open dialogue and understanding what your problems are 
are going to help us give you the best opportunity to optimize those or to reduce costs or do whatever you're looking to do. And in turn, it gives us the opportunity to, to spend the right effort in the right place. Just like you'd that want to do too. Sense. Yeah. I, it just makes complete sense. I see yep. my dog in the background, by the way, just FYI. <laughs> yeah. There she she's, is. She's, okay. she's good. She's, she's good. She's all right. She's, she's like, fine. she's just protecting the, the house. That's what she, she does. Like. She's, a ch- she's chicken. She's <laughs> she just yawned when you said that. <laughs> I know that's about it right there. Like, no, 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 I don't care. <laughs> but that's see, that's really key. This is just important for for me. If I was a user of the the EAM platform, that there's new stuff happening, stuff that could truly help me be competitively uh, advantaged. Right, and and I. And I just need to have that dialogue with the the and just have that conversation because some of this stuff's pretty doggone advanced. There like is AI. I just I wanted to know about AI. What's going on uh-huh. with AI? Well, everybody is- and their brother is talking about AI in some way. I mean, oh, what, yeah. what what does it mean for us? I mean, the last thing I think you would want to hear from that type of workshop is me to come in and say what what is that. <laughs> and and I don't, you, would, you would freak out. You'd ask me to leave, and then we would look at our contract together, which would probably what would happen. And we don't want that. We want to come yeah. in. We we want to we want to come and say, "Hey, here's what we're doing for your industry. Here's what Hexagon means to you. Here's what it means to us. Here's what it means to your vertical. And here's where we've had success. Yeah. And we want to work from there. And we want to build it up from there because we having that journey together. It's really a partnership." It's not it's not a one-sided relationship at any stretch of imagination. It has to be. You can't just say one and done. It's got to be that that uh, collaborative conversation of because your system's powerful. It's a powerful yeah. tool. And, 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 and when it's when it's on the web too, there's things you don't have to worry about. Um, so what happens is our customers that move to the to the cloud from on-premise solutions, they actually increase their usage because now they don't have to worry about adding users. They don't have to worry about gathering data. They don't have to worry about integrating another system to it as much because of the data strain or because of the integration balancing that goes on. Um, so they want to do more with it. And that's what happens, which is good because we want to we want to take a lot of that off your shoulders and we want to give you the benefit we, we have of, of, of writing a system and that's a, become more of a business analyst instead. That's a whole other conversation. I don't know it why is. I would want to have on-prem versus cloud and just just the updates just happen magically and it's like hey great it's good yeah, you don't friends, have to shut everything down <laughs> friends don't let friends build data centers that's what i read one time <laughs> that's that's pretty nichey meme <laughs> <laughs> it is but i mean in some industries you need to keep it you need to run it and it's, it's what you do but um that's just an example if we could yeah. take some of this off the cloud and give you back some budget what would you use it with and where would you go and what could you do if you if we could get you to phase two or three of implementation what would that mean uh but you can't have that without the dialogue yeah no it always gets down to that all right kevin yeah. how do they get a hold of you we're saying this is great conversation i want to know more how do they get a hold of you oh go to hexagon.com uh look at the asset lifecycle intelligence division or look at the other divisions that are out there um there's a ton of work that we posted there's there's new in this release um that peter by um, he's one of our leads in the portfolio strategy enablement team that he did. Um, it's out there recorded. You can see what's out there that's new. And we also have just a ton of other types of detail out there. So you'll see it on the resources side. I got to tell you, Hexagon Live, the one way we're in Vegas, 
It's dazzling. There's a lot of really good splash and dash. Not dash, no. Splash and dazzle. There is. There is. It's pretty But, but again, where, where like, does ah. it apply and what does it mean? You, it's yeah. like you get stuck like a deer in headlights. There's so you many do. things to look at, so many cool stuff, and there is. Yeah. There is. But how do you interpret it? How do you yeah. how do you prioritize it? How do you opt to implement it? Yeah. That's why we're here to help. All right. You never disappoint. Thank you, Kevin. Okay. All right, we're going to have all the contact information for Kevin out on Industrial Talk. Once again, just type his name in Industrial Talk, and you'll get a slew of conversations because he's that good. All right, we're going to be right back. You're listening to the Industrial Talk Podcast Network. It's like drinking from a fire hose. Every time I talk to Kevin... There's just so much going on at Hexagon. So much innovation happening in the world of asset management. It's, and I I believe personally, and of course it is, tip of the iceberg. And, And to Kevin's point, how do you prioritize? What do you look at first? What gives you the biggest bang for the buck? Those, those questions have to be answered by Sherpas like, like Kevin, big time. You need to be a part of Industrial Talk. You need to go out to industrialtalk.com. You need to be part of uh, webcasts, the learning management system. Uh, Be a part of the podcast. It's easy. You talk to me. Go out to Industrial Talk. Click Let's Connect. Boom. You're chatting with me. And let's solve problems together. You're the hero in this conversation. Be bold, be brave, dare greatly. Hang out with Kevin. Change the world. We're going to have another great conversation shortly, so stay tuned.